KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio In Depth. I'm Matt Leon. The COVID 19 pandemic continues, not just here, of course, but around the world. Now, a few months ago, we had Sigal Atzman on. She is the CEO and founder of Medics Global, a medical science and tech company. And we talked about her concerns that the U.S. would emerge from the pandemic weaker than other countries. Now, we wanted to follow up with her, see if her thinking has changed. Also, wanted to get her gauge of where we are in the fight against COVID. So first off, we spoke a few months ago and kind of the core discussion we had then uh, was your concern that the U.S. will emerge from the pandemic weaker than other countries. And I just kind of wanted to start our conversation. Do you still feel that way? Has anything changed your mind or has it kind of been locked in even more for you? Well, for me, it's even locked in even more. I think the U.S. has come out weaker, but the world has come weaker as well with so many different things going on um, that are beyond COVID. So I think America is really divided. It started getting more and more divided around COVID. Now people don't care so much about COVID and they move back probably living a normal life, but we do see um, the inpatient stays, so hospitalizations doubling in the last few months. Deaths are still there. They're not close to the peak, but they're still there. And we don't see the, the devastating results reported yet of long COVID, but they are there and people are struggling. So between inflation, potential recession, COVID, and what we see with monkeypox, do you think we're in a good space? I don't think so. No, it is. It, there is a lot going on. Uh, no question about it. And one of the things COVID has kind of faded from the headlines. You kind of have to work if you want to, you know, get COVID information, which is, you know, obviously different than the, the first year or two of the pandemic. Uh, what is your concern about the fact that we're still in a pandemic and the fact that a lot of society has stopped thinking about it. Well, I think it's a big burden on America's healthcare system. We know an additional big burden on, on a system that's already unhealthy and people are already, and for so many years have been struggling with its structure, with its affordability, with its accessibility. We know that today, uh, for so many years, the U.S. is one of the countries that spends most on, of its GDP on healthcare um, worldwide, or at least as part of the OECD. And that is only going to get worse and worse. But who is going to be able to afford that? So no doubt we're going to see premiums going up of insurance, uh, corporates and employers uh, being less and less capable of affording it, uh, of offering private insurance. People looking at their deductibles, their co-payments, it's a big struggle. And we will see claims increasing due to long COVID. And the American people are not healthy enough and not well prepared for another pandemic. We don't talk so much about COVID, but a lot of people are sick. I speak every day to COVID patients across the nation and they're at home. It's true. They're not inpatient. Most of them, they're alive and they will survive COVID, but they're struggling. So they're, they have a really hard week or two. They don't expect it to be that hard. Americans think it's, oh, I'll have a flu for a week and then I'll move on. And when you speak to them and people should talk to each other, um, hear stories, reach out, open to what people feel and go through. They tell me, 
wow, this is something I've never felt before. This is like something invading my body, different types of aches, different pains, a fever that doesn't go down, a, a cough that stays for a month. And then you have people suffering from long COVID. We have a massive burden of cardiovascular disease, autoimmune diseases, um, neuropathies or no neurological issues. That's not talked enough. And maybe there is COVID fatigue, but on that COVID fatigue, with people suffering and long COVID, we're going, we're getting another pandemic. How is America going to cope with two pandemics? What would you like to see done? You talk about us being divided, and I absolutely agree. And I, unfortunately, I don't know what you do because a lot of this is is almost baked into the cake now. But what would you like to see happen to try to kind of move the ship of state here so that the U.S. doesn't have to emerge weaker? Are there things you would like to see done that uh, could still be done, you know, policies that could be implemented, ideas that could be implemented uh, to put us in a better place when we come out of this? Absolutely. I think first and above all, we need to go back to basics and say, okay, we took a break from speaking and dealing with it, but people should get their basic vaccines, the ones who haven't, then should get their boosters, the, one who, the ones who haven't. It is crucial if you want to overcome even the Omicron, the, the B5, the B25, the new variant that are coming, the winter that, that is coming up. So get vaccinated. Second, try to, when you go indoors in places where there's a lot of people, put your mask back on. Don't be ashamed. It's protecting yourself. It's protecting your families and others. You can only be you know, it can only be too late and you can only be safer than sorry uh, when you get long COVID and you suddenly realize, oh, what am I going to do? So these are real basics. But then I think we need to shift some responsibility to uh, policymakers and to employers, to those big employers who need to a prepare their employees better. So invest in prevention services. How do you actually live a healthier life? Make sure your weight is down, uh, that you exercise. Make sure that you test and you make up on these times that were lost during those two, three years of pandemic where people did not screen, not for cancer, not for cardiovascular disease, not for diabetes. And we know that pre-diabetic people, these are people that we could turn around and become non-diabetic. But if you don't screen and early diagnose, it's going to be too late. And we know that people who are, have diabetes who get COVID are way uh, worse off. So it's really a vaccine, two masks where needed, three prevention, preventative medicine and screen. Go back to your uh, yearly checkups, do your blood test, make sure your lipid levels are okay, make sure your, your body is functioning well. Take your vitamins, exercise, sleep enough. I think these are crucial actions that need to be part of every employer's benefit plan for, for their employees. And we need to educate our employees. We need to make sure that they understand that if we want to keep our economy going, avoid recession, it's really about preventative care, making sure we're keeping ourselves healthy and stronger for what is still to come and really go out there and get your diagnosis and your screenings right. What is your level of concern? Because I think one of the things, it's talked about once in a while, but healthcare workers, doctors, nurses, you know, this is a group that's been on red alert for months, if not years, overworked, and in a lot of places, 
disrespected for just trying to help people. Uh, are you concerned about the level of not just quality, but quantity we're going to be able to maintain in the healthcare service? Because I would imagine we've heard stories about this. A lot of people, specifically like nurses, saying, you know what, I'm I'm out. I'm done. I'm going to go do something else. And you hear a lot of these stories anecdotally, but if it builds up, we're eventually going to have a crisis on the front of not enough people to to treat people. So worldwide, we have a crisis already. In a lot of countries, we see a significant shortage of nurses, um, doctors, etc. In the U.S., um, it is an issue, but not a huge issue as it is in certain other countries. But we see numbers changing and we see healthcare workers leaving because they say, I cannot handle another pandemic. I cannot be away from my family for so many hours. I am tired. It's burnout. It's really burnout. On the other hand, we see people, and, and, and again, I want to go back a second to these healthcare workers who have worked in the last few years through the pandemic. They are real heroes. And I think our people, the American people, realize, and yes, there are siloed events of aggressions and, and misrepresentations and and unfair attention or wordings that are um or the way they treat those healthcare doctors, but overall, healthcare workers, sorry, but overall, I really feel that the world and Americans have come to realize that these are real heroes. And some people who have not gone through the, the pandemic say, we want to be part of giving to the society and we will go into the healthcare space because it's so meaningful. So people leave, people come in. I think there might be a crisis, um, but if America handles it well and revises working hours, workloads, salary pays, benefits, we might see people, and I reach out to all these people out there, the young people, this is a very meaningful profession. This is where you really have the opportunity to make a difference, to, to save lives, to improve the quality of people's lives. Go out there and become a healthcare worker. You will surely be very happy, feel a huge gratitude and feel you're a meaningful per person. So a lot do it. Um, Post-pandemic, I think the awareness to the healthcare workers has grown tremendously. They're real heroes and we need more heroes. So we all need to collectively work to respect them and to draw more, more and more people into those great uh, professions. I'm curious, you referenced long COVID earlier, and that's really something I know is being studied and looked at, but that is something that I don't know, we don't have really our hands around what that could be. Well, we know already from uh, different research, just I give you one example, is long COVID on cardiovascular diseases. Okay. So we know, for example, that um, cardiovascular diseases have become way more prevalent with people uh, who had long COVID. And suddenly, months after having had COVID, they suddenly develop cardiac conditions, and it can be ischemic uh, conditions, it can be heart attacks, it can be um, chronic uh, conditions. It is really a variety of different conditions. And that is going to be a very big struggle because America is not ready uh, to deal with so many new cardiac patients. We don't have enough cardiologists. We don't, we don't have enough beds if so many people are going to get sick with cardiovascular diseases. And I can give you a number. It's really crazy to imagine that overall, if we would look and we take the research 
and we look at how many people had COVID and what percentage of people based on the research that had COVID will have new onset of cardiovascular disease that they would not develop would they not have had COVID, it's a very high number. And that is going to translate into America having to come up with another 250 billion, okay, in funding just to treat people who are going to suffer from cardiovascular diseases because they had COVID during the coming three years uh, um, after they had COVID. And that is massive. Where is that budget going to come from? And that's just cardiovascular. We have autoimmune diseases. We have neurologies. We have new treatments. We see in certain countries that have been more advanced maybe, and, and doing a lot of research on long COVID, uh, people going into pressure chambers, taking um, clinical, going into clinical trials for brain fog, chronic fatigue, and neuropathy, so limb pain, pain in your arms, in your legs, that are really making it almost so difficult for you to get up in the morning, to go to work. You're tired, you're forgetful, shortage of memory. These are serious issues. And even if you take 5%, between 5 to 10% of the population that had COVID who are going to suffer any kind of long COVID complication, that is a significant number for America. America is not ready for that. The awareness is not there, but it's going to come and hit us strong. I'm curious, is there anything that you have seen on the healthcare front over the last two years that's encouraged you? Maybe things we've learned, uh, things that uh, have been put in place that have made things better? Oh, so many. I think that's what keeps us going. So so after such difficult times and, and so unconventional times. So first of all, um, we have put a vaccine together in a very, the world has put a vaccine together in a very, very short period of time. And the vaccine works. Imagine the world without COVID-19 vaccines, right? We have put together between five to six different treatments that work for different settings. So people that are at home, like the Paxlovid, people inpatient, people that are critically ill, people. At, so there are five, six different treatments that are actually working. We didn't know about COVID and the potential treatments. Within months and a year, we have treatments and we have vaccines. So this is, for me, the likes of almost miracles. And we have to be very grateful for A, those researchers, and B, the global collaboration, because data had to come together from different countries. If it's Europe, if it's Israel who was at the forefront and vaccinated before everyone, almost a whole population, a vast majority of the population, and um, and really reported on the outcomes of vaccinating so many people. Um, different countries who, who shared data, so global collaborations, um, sharing vaccines, I think the world was divided in the beginning of the pandemic. Every country was dealing on its own, and then they quickly realized we need a global collaboration process in order to get out of this. And I think this global collaboration was really 
phenomenal, unheard of, unprecedented, and it led to vaccines, to treatments, and to people surviving this. We are in a much better place today. We've learned our lessons, I hope, but we need to be ready for the future. And it seems to me that the hard part is still to come because it's not one pandemic we're going to face. It's probably years of different pandemics, different variants, cross pandemics, crossing each other, and we need to ramp up um, as Americans, our health, we need to become healthier, take better care of ourselves, and we need our healthcare system to restructure, to implement more digital. So we try to make it more affordable and improve accessibility to all Americans with different programs that keep Americans healthier, but when they get sick, uh, make healthcare affordable and accessible. Again, I know I'm repeating myself, but this is so crucial. The, the structure of the healthcare system is unwell and healthcare is not affordable. I think that through hard times, we get stronger. Um, we've seen inspiring people. We've seen healthcare workers. We've seen the government putting its act together and really trying as hard as it can under the constraints of governance in the US to really make the best out of it and global collaboration. So I think, yes, there is a lot of great things, but a lot of pain as well. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio In-Depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. 